Welcome back to the boys at 161st Street. Let's go! We got baseball. <laughs> we fucking got baseball for the time these, being. These podcasts are getting a lot more fun now. We were getting depressed before, but now they're like we're just excited that we saw baseball. We're gonna get a lot, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into our overreactions. Some under some like warranted reactions. I mean, I mean, any just t- a lot any of reactions because we react to baseball now. That's fun. Yeah, and anytime they're. They're playing baseball and there's no center fielder. It's an overreaction, but it's still a reaction. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk about it. All right. So first thing on the docket, let's do a little housekeeping before we get rocking into this new stuff that we saw. There is some bad news. We'll get into good news, obviously. Bad news, obviously. Everybody knows the DJ situation with Corona as well with Luis Sessa. That's no fun. It, it, things like this, I mean, you're this, he's not going to be the first one. And the the only thing that I will applaud is that you see it around the league that tests aren't coming back on time and they're, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, things aren't just running smoothly at all, which the way 2020 has gone, obviously nothing's going to run smoothly. So I don't know. But the only thing with the Yankees is that it seemingly is running smoothly and the tests are coming back rather quickly aside from apparently one day. I don't know. It's a whole shit show, yeah. but it's our shit show and we're going to be watching it no matter what happens. But DJ and Sessa going down with... Corona, they, the rule is with them is they need to test negative two times in order to come back, and mm-hmm. they're t- placed on the 10-day IL, I think it is now. Yeah. So well, I, I was I was watching um, a post from Brian Hoke, and he was just going over some of the protocols, and he was like, every player has a different arrival time at the stadium, so they're all arriving at once. They have a locker in between each other locker, so the lockers are every other. Um, and he was like, I was, he's like, he said he was zooming with, uh, Brett Garner and Brett was just like, it's really taken away from some like the team camaraderie, but all I want to do is just have a coffee with a couple of my teammates. And I just kind of cried inside, but <laughs> <laughs> at least it shows they're like taking the protocols. We have baseball. If they, they, they all know that the, the end goal is to have a season. So it's good to see everyone's on the same page. Yeah. You gotta do what to you better. gotta do to get yeah. the season in. It's. I mean, people are going to get Corona. It's going to happen. And obviously, stars aren't invincible to Corona. Nobody's invincible to it. So DJ's going to be fine. DJ's going to find a cure. DJ, he'll play through it. I mean, yeah. he, he, it, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. He He's, luckily, he's asymptomatic. So that means he's better off than other people that are yeah. dying in their beds. But, I mean, he was honestly the, I mean, that's just our luck, right? Like, with any injuries, like, well, I'll count this in the injury bug, too, like, Everybody else, he's probably the most marquee player that has gotten Corona. Now Joey Gallo also got it too, but I put, yeah. I put DJ over Joey Gallo. But I mean, regardless, of course we get screwed. Like Sessa, yes, I'm I'm not happy that he got Corona either. But I, I we can deal. We can. I mean, if we're can, if we're treating like any other injury, then yeah, I'd rather. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather somebody else. I don't know. I, yeah, don't. Well, I, I get what you're I'm not upset. I'm. I am upset that K, that Sessa got Corona. Yeah. But I'm. I. It could be judged. That's for the purposes yes. of watching my favorite team play baseball. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Anyway, the next thing I wanted to get to, obviously, the Corona thing is going to happen. I'm done talking about it. But Tanaka gets absolutely obliterated by baseball by probably the worst person to get hit by. Giancarlo Sten hits one 111 miles per hour straight off the dome, mm-hmm. and he's fine. I mean, mild concussion, comes back smiling like nothing's here's, wrong. Here's my biggest, I mean, thank God there was no immediate um, sign of, um, obviously he has a mild concussion, but there wasn't like a, he wasn't down for, you know, 30 minutes, you know, he kind of literally just bounced right back up and was ready to go. He was on the field the other day throwing a ball around. Yeah. And I just hope that with, you know, I'm not, I know nothing about medical issues, but I just hope it treated a little bit with precaution given the fact that it is a concussion. It was 111, 112 mile fastball to the head. 
Nobody just walks up from that. I don't care how good you feel. There's always going to be different issues. Um, so I just hope the Yankee staff kind of treats it like more seriously than um, than anything else. I mean, they're going to go through the protocol. They did already. He's a mild concussion. I Obviously, I agree. I think he needs to be. I, see, the, the weird thing with concussions, we see it with Clint. You see it with, I'm pretty sure, Ellsbury and his slew of injuries had a concussion mixed in there, too, just somewhere yeah and it's just they can linger it's not like a oh i my acl has now healed that's it like it, a, a concussion is very lingering and it's hard to diagnose and you never too. know when it's over really like yeah. you could say oh my knee's feeling better but i mean i've had a couple concussions before so i can kind of relate but i cannot relate to the scale of what tanaka went through <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> but um you feel better but it can come back at any point in time, and you have no idea yeah, what I mean, causes Literally, it. look, perfect example. Look at Clint. Clint was just, it's just so nagging. He's out for an yeah. entire year plus, and you just never really have a timetable. And he ran into a wall. He didn't get hit in the face with a fastball. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. Concussion, it's just wild that it's literally only a mild concussion because he should have had a cracked skull with the way that ball hit him. It's just nuts I, that he's literally just... Iron Skull Tanaka. And like, Stan, of all people who had the same exact thing happen to him on the other side. Yeah, I mean, that that's why he went down right away, and he just seemed like he, he felt he's, he's so He's been bad there before. He was, yeah. It yeah. Just, you feel for both sides. Sucks. I mean, you feel for everybody. But, I mean, the one thing that the comments that were made by Judge and Glaber, like, here's the thing. I get it. I get why they said what they said, where, like, it's it's, like, sickens Judge that, they're keeping the camera rolling during that situation. But, and I rarely side, side with the media, but here's the thing. It's their job, and to tie an example, like, in football, obviously there, it's a more of a contact sport, but, like, you never want, like, people have obviously literally died on the field during football, and... Horrible injuries, horrible hits, everything like that. Like the cameras mm. rolling during that. The cameras rolling during UFC fights. The cameras rolling during yeah, MMA uh, fights. Yeah, like, I know. It's just a little ridiculous that they don't want the cameras rolling. And on to make things even more on the media side, like it's we haven't had baseball in ever, and this is like obviously it's in it's not a good thing to be filming, but it's like. How are you supposed to know? It's a bang bang play. How are you supposed to know? All right, shut the cameras off. Like, I th- no, I don't think they're upset about that. I think they were more upset about the fact that it was just reported so quickly. Yeah, people were there filming, but the fact that, like, within two seconds, they were already posting on. So, like, obviously that's their job. It's click like it's clickbait. I guess like there's a whole, uh, you know, everyone wants to be that first person to have this breaking news. Um, I get both sides. I mean, it's also streamed live. It's not even about the breaking news. Like, well, I can break news if it's streamed live. I'm on my computer and it comes out. Like, that's the thing I, to me. Like, I just, but they're, they're also, they have never had their, like, practices, inter-squad games filmed like that before. So, I, I again, like, I they've get. Been spring training. It's, it's, that's a taste of what spring training would Yeah, have been. for and sure. If that happened I in get, a spring training game or a regular game, do they expect the cameras to be just shut off? Because why is that any different than a regular season game? It's, 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 it's not the same different. injury, and it's not showing. It's just a little more intimate because it's there player be versus fans player in the stands. Like. But it's because it's because a Yankee player hit no. the ball into a Yankee player's face. It's different because it's. I don't think it's any different at all. I think the person who and gets, I'm not I'm not agreeing with anybody. I'm just saying that the reason is to protect the person who got hit. So whoever hit the ball to him, but it, it hits home a little more when it's your same. If your teammate hitting you in the fucking head, I also think it's a little bit to do with that they haven't been in front of cameras in a long time, and yeah, when they that's the. Like introduction to cameras, that like that's that's gonna be a little tough. And I to, think that's to get the reason right into it like that. And that's the reason why Glaber was saying that. Glaber and Judge, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I get where they're coming from. I just, but also that was a little I, I get ridiculous. Yeah, but there's no way around that. I think them of all people being in New York should realize it's not easy, but that's the reality. It's moving quick. There's news breaking all of a sudden. You know, people are watching you. What do you expect them to just not go out and break the news? Yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous job? request. It's, it's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous request. request, but I get it. That's all I'm going to say. I get why they said it. And that's the end of that. In other news, 
Clark Schmidt. Holy fuck. We'll get to we'll get to <laughs> the reactions, overreactions, but CC Sabathia first. Oh, yeah, CC. CC is looking diesel. And I saw that workout video of him too, and he is just a whole new person. And we saw it before with that like transformation picture he posted on Instagram. And it's just getting crazier and crazier. The man is just grinding. But he yeah, he purposely didn't work out during the season because he pitched better with the weight on. That's he, yeah, because a lot of people are saying that's what I wanted to get into. A lot of people are saying that Oh, like I feel like we're a couple days away from CC just announcing that he's coming back, he and then just he, all of a sudden he played around like, with it too. Yeah. He retweeted, it and he's like, "Don't call it a comeback." He's just fucking with everybody. He's not coming back. Some people actually believe it, which is just absurd if you're thinking that. Also, if he were to come back, like you said, he's. I, I wanted to pull up the stats. I'll pull it up after we are done recording. I'll post it something, tweet it, whatever. He pitches better with the weight on, so. I remember he lost weight and he ended up not being as effective because, I mean, when you have different weight, I haven't changed weight that drastically. I did pitch, but I can imagine when you have weight, you're used 300 to pounds it's mu- it's behind, behind memory, yeah. yeah. I mean, the you might get less velocity because you have less mass behind a pitch. It's just... Well, you need you need your entire body working so perfectly together that if something's off or something drastically changes, it's different if you're a batter... Or a position player like Gary Sanchez who gets lighter and now he's clear behind the dish. Like, that's a whole different story. But now you're talking about a pitcher who has to yeah, have if you're his, tossing his it. mechanics perfectly down to throw that backdoor slider or whatever, hit that spot, and something messes you up. You got, and again, I think a lot of baseball players are a little stitious too. So, not superstitious. Just a little, a little bit. So the weight almost plays into that factor. I think CeCe's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He knows what works, what doesn't work. So I think he easily could have lost the weight during the season, but why could? Why would you if you know you're going to pitch better? No, he put it. He, I remember he lost the weight, pitched poorly, put the weight back on. Yeah. He's like fucking He's cr- always, that's the thing. I'm not, no one's shocked that he is looking like this. Yes, it's shocking, but he always wanted to, have the weight off. Like he kept the weight on like an offensive lineman would like offensive lineman. You see after they're done with their professional career, either they blow it, blow up because they're no longer working out that much or they drop like weight and just look like a regular or just shredded. I mean, because they no longer need to have the weight. Like linemen need to have the weight just the same as CC pitches with the weight. It's, it's literally, it's what works for the role. Just like probably in his contract, just like Christian Bale, who goes from the skinny ass mechanic and then goes to Batman, just drops the weight, lose them, gains the weight back, whatever the role calls for. That's all I'm saying. I mean, in this case, the role would be sitting on your couch and you don't need the weight, but I see what you're saying. (laughs) Cause the only role is him pitching and that calls for all of the weight. I mean, for him, other people, you got Tim Lincecum, who's the skinny fucking Chris Sale, who's the most anorexic looking guy in the world. And obviously he can just whip it. And that's how he learned how to pitch. CC's always been a big guy. And that's how he learned how to pitch. So literally, like you said, if one variable changes, he's fucked or it would take a long time to adapt to that. But yeah. I don't think he'll ever, he's too old to be even trying to adapt to anything like that. And for those that think he's coming back, he's not. So market eight, dude. Am I the only one who gives a shit about the rules? <laughs> Market zero. <laughs> but honestly, if he were to come back, how do you think he'd do? I think if he, I mean, I don't think he, he can be the, the starter we can rely on anymore, but. I mean, he wasn't even when he had the weight towards the end of the season. I mean, well, personally. I'm not, I'm not saying he's just going to come out from last season. I'm just saying if CC comes back, I think, we, I mean, that was a realistic statement. You can't, we can't expect him to come back to the starting pitcher. I'm not saying yeah, because no, of last year. I'm just saying in general. I know. I mean, it's a fa- very fair thing to assume if you can, considering if he, he came left out, off as a reliever. If he, yeah, I'm saying if he came back as a reliever who came in. But here's the thing, though. The three three uh, batter minimum. minimum batter, that's a whole different ball game. If he can come in for that one, two batters each game or something like that, that'd be huge, but... I don't know. He, he went, has no place. He, he, his best role right now is to be... I just, I don't know, the, I feel like... Be in the front office and be a special advisor to Cashman, which is exactly what he was, and that's why he was behind home plate, and that's his role on this team. And, and I, he looked damn good fucking dude, talking I to love, Cashman I love that. him. I love him as a special advisor. It's He's the perfect kind of dude to have. I mean, he's just amazing. He, I'm pretty sure, wasn't he in the Garrett Cole 
interview or the, not the interview. The no, Pettit was. Oh, I think he wanted to go to, but either way, he's just such a. Everybody respects him. He's amazing to have as that front office guy. Just it's his new role. It's it's and he's close to the players still. He's obviously. boys with the players. He's so shagging good, fly balls in the outfield. He's actually throwing, so I guess the arm. He's also on their team like now. a year ago, so he he's close with them. He's a great like he keeps that veteran influence on the bench without being an actual player. All right, that's the end of CC. We've talked enough about CC. He's not even on the team anymore, but it was just cool to see him being skinny as shit. So, honestly, one more thing about CC. <laughs> what do you think he, he looks like in a year? Um, he, I'm excited. He's dude. He's wants. He's gonna look like that college strength coach. Remember they showed that guy who was fucking like who had the small shirt on, his muscles were popping out. No, <laughs> remember that? No, <laughs> there was like this. Uh, it was like that strength and conditioning coach who was fucking ripped out of his mind and started headbutting all the players with no helmet on. Oh, I did see that. He's literally, <laughs> he, he's, he's literally gonna have the body of like Wolverine. Yeah. I'm excited to see. Let's, well, he's, he's let's flash forward. He's going to be that guy who's like ripped to the bench. He's going to still be part of the team and just be the hype man. Yeah, he's literally just going to be the hype man. He, he might be our strength and conditioning coach by next year. Who yeah. knows? But no, if realistically, I think he can be like a real influence to help Cashman continue to build the team up. Yeah. That'd be a fucking awesome. I mean, he's going to be. He's already doing it. He's a player GM that CC Jackie Moon. Player coach. Player coach. Don't forget it. Jackie Moon. Wrestled Only if you want it. Wrestle the bear. <laughs> You ever so, punched in the jejunum before? No, but I want to. <laughs> <laughs> so another person who made comments that I don't agree with, that's the basic trend of this podcast today, is not a Yankee, but it's Sean Doolittle. And I'll play the clip for what he said. Um, in our response to this as a country, like we're trying to bring baseball back in a, in a, during a pandemic that's killed 130,000 people. We're way worse off in a, as a country than where we were in March when we shut this thing down. And like, look at where other developed countries are in their response to this. We haven't done any of the things that other countries have done to bring sports back. Sports are like the reward of a functioning society, uh, a, a functional society. And we're just like trying to just bring it back, even though we've taken none of the steps. So first of all, it doesn't even sound like he knows what he's saying. I've never heard Sean Doodle's voice before. Yeah, and I know. I don't want to hear it again because he sounds like an idiot. But first of all, I agree with a few points. And I'll start with the ones I don't agree with because there's a lot more of them. So the one comment he said about sports being the reward for a functioning society. Well, I think that's the only controversial thing, really, that you right. said. But it really, it, but it's his main point. That's the whole exactly. basis behind what he's saying. And it makes no fucking sense. It's just, it's ridiculous to even say that. Like, it, that is you. Like every, it's on his high horse right every, there. He's so high on his horse. Everybody has, in, in society, like with celebrities and everything, we put them all on a pedestal. Like, they're not regular people. Like, they're not human beings. And this is him just feeding into that. Every, every celebrity, every professional athlete is the same as everybody else in terms of a human being, right or wrong. And if, right. And if he's saying that sports are a reward for a functioning society. Yeah, he's right about it being worse than it was when we shut it down in March. Absolutely. But when you're dealing with something like this, sometimes, I mean, everybody else is going back to work. So what makes, the, the main issue I have with this is what makes his job different from my job or your job? Everybody else is going back to work. So he's just like this entertaining reward for every like us. Fuck, go fuck I, yourself. I, yeah. If again. you think you're a reward for me, go fuck yourself. This is your job. Go do it. Like that's you don't. That just makes no fucking sense. Well, to it's me. like it it's me. like all right. If we're gonna put sports as an entertainment hub, can we agree with that? Yeah. Of sports course. entertainment. Okay, we got movies, TV, music. Is everyone just gonna be like, nah? Fuck you. You guys don't deserve music, TV fucking movies or anything like that. We're just going to stop Yeah, it's doing not that. like ice no. cream after dinner because you were good. Like, yeah. you're doing your job. You're getting paid to do it. If you don't want to get paid to do it, don't play. Like, that's not, yeah. it's not like a cherry on top. Like, oh, you did your homework. Now you can go play with your friends. Like, no, you have a job. Go do it. And that's that. Like, don't act like you're this fucking reward Honestly, if he didn't say the word reward, he probably would have had a fucking good point. But he, everything the, else was the right. The reason he said... 
the reward. The, he obviously, part, yeah. you said that because that's his main basis behind every other word he said. Every word was leading up to that one. Yeah. And his intentions were so wrong. His intention intentions were wrong. He just sounds like a fucking idiot, honestly. And p- other people are agreeing with it. I personally do not. If you do agree with it, let me know why you agree with it, and let me know if you even listen to what I just said because that he's he's not fucking a reward for anybody. Yeah. Sean Doolittle. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Especially like, I don't know uh, the way again. Like these fucking people. Like it's, it, I don't know. It's just their job to communicate this whole thing. The MLB, the players, like the the whole their whole entire communication process and their public um, persona throughout this entire last couple of months have just been horrendous. And this is just another. That's just another thing another fucking. Thing on the list about that. Just making everything look bad. I mean, it doesn't make it look that bad. It makes him look bad. It's just, it's well, again, not, it's just another the reason. The players, I hope, but it's just, I don't know. He, but again, it goes into, I again, and then we're going to talk about, I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but another thing is like now fucking LB owners are talking about bringing fans back. And I'm like, the, the, the whole yeah, process is just, fucking backwards it's like everybody's on a different page it's like all right in the united states when we had a couple thousand cases a day they were like there's no way we're gonna have an lb season then the fucking curve just keeps going up and up and up and then we have like you know we triple fucking the the cases per day then they're like okay we're having a season and now fucking skyrockets and they're like let's have fans like their entire persona is just completely off. Well, yeah. Here's and the thing. It's it's some owners specifically. I mean, Hal even said that he wants fans at some point this season. I'm assuming he means by the playoffs, but, like, Corona could get worse by then. It's supposed to get it worse is, by, it is uh, getting by worse. October. Like, I don't know. Will we have – I mean, if we ha- get, like, a cure, then – yeah, hell, hell yeah! Find fan, get fans in the stadium, not just have the fucking the sound of yeah, fans. I'll take like a, they are doing. I'll take a shot before is a whole another thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that's a whole other thing. But I, I don't think we're gonna have fans at any point. Honestly, if I'm being honest, we shouldn't. I don't think uh, it's a part. A, lo- a large part of me still thinks that the season isn't going to be finished. I think it's going to go. At this rate, if it's it not. does, if it even starts, which we're not even sure it will, it, it looks like it is going to, but there are so many issues along the way, obviously. And if it even does start, if things just start going horribly and tests don't come back on time like they aren't, and like that is a recipe for disaster. And when teams are coming into town and out of town and playing with other teammates, some, I don't know, spitting like you're not allowed to do, which they won't be able to regulate. Something is going to go wrong. It's just a recipe for disaster, and I really don't think that we'll get to the playoffs. If we do, hell yeah. Like I'm, I obviously I'm not saying I don't want to have a finished season, but I really don't. It, like the odds are stacked against it for the most part, and it just. And if they keep handling it the way they've been handling it, then it's just not going to end well. The way they're handling it too is just like we were talking about before. Everybody is just on a different page. Nobody is on the same page, and we saw that with the negotiations to start, obviously, but now you see Doodle saying that. Some players don't want to do it. Some players are speaking out and saying, like, oh, I just really, like, it, like nothing has changed. Like, oh, I really like our odds this year, like Garrett uh-huh. Cole and Judge are, which I love that, but, like, it's just nobody feels the same way. You got Mike Trout possibly wanting to opt out. David Price just opted out. I mean, player after player after player. Zimmerman. Zimmerman, those already happened, but, I mean, yeah. All these players are opting out. And, I mean, if Mike Trout opts out. Bad for baseball. Obviously bad for baseball when the best player we've ever seen opts out. But, honestly, if he opts out, who follows him? Probably a lot of people. A lot of people are probably waiting to see. Well, he has, I mean, a, he has a kid on the way. It's a different situation. He has a kid on the way. And I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't. He, he doesn't have good reason to opt out, which he absolutely does. I'm just saying if he does opt out, a lot of people are going to opt out for two reasons. One, because having the, like we said before, having the best player in the sport that we've ever seen opt out makes this season worth less. And now it's like, okay, Barry Bonds of our generation is not playing this season. It's even it's worth even less. So what are we really playing for? It just adds another fuel lot, to that I don't fire. Know about a lot less. It'd be, it'd be different if they were a top 
contending team to win the World Series. Be a little yeah, if Mike Trout played for the Yankees and if Mike Trout played for the Dodgers, then yes, it's even more so. But, I mean, it but does carry like, a little weight. Yeah, but I also don't think, like, MVPs or yearly awards are going to count nearly as much. No, I know. I'm just saying when a player of that caliber steps down and doesn't play, then a lot of other people will probably follow suit. And if that happens, that's a ripple effect that it's just... I mean, if he yep. doesn't play, I really truly think that other superstars are, are waiting to see what he does. Yeah. So if that happens in this season, is just... I think that is one of the many factors that can just shut this season down before it starts. If people just start snowballing and not... and just all opting out, then... Like, how many people does it take? I'm just picturing in my head, like, four, five, six superstars opt out following Mike Trout opting out. I then don't know. If I that really if know. that happens, if there's four, five, six of them, at what point do we be like, we don't even have, like, this is like the replacements, you know? Like, if it, if it snowballs and more people keep opting out like that, it just seems like, and we won't know if they're going to opt out or not until the season obviously is scheduled to start on the 23rd. So it's another situation where, like, you don't know until you know, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, we'll know by then, but I don't know. It seems like but in the meantime, recipe for disaster. Yep. In the meantime, we did watch actual baseball. So yeah. we, we can talk about a little bit of positive stuff while we have baseball to watch, which is good. Yeah. So while the season is going to happen for – Right now, just under the impression that it's going to happen, we did see baseball, and we have some reactions. So, why don't we start with our overreactions? What do you got for me? Overreaction, I think Clark Schmidt's going to be an everyday starter. Is that an overreaction? Yeah, he pitched a couple innings. No, <laughs> in but I game. say, is that an overreaction because we've see- he had an absolutely dominant spring absolutely training already? Dominant. Already before he that, did. He, he just did. and he just first start out against the Yankees All Star team. The Monstars were out there, which is literally the most lethal lineup one through nine. DJ was the only one missing from that. The most lethal lineup in the MLB. Don't at me. It yeah, is. but again, it was an he went against, game, but they weren't. Doesn't matter. He and I love his response because he retreated as if it was. Literally, the, the like, Which October. Is, yeah, I love and I, I love, love the mentality that. because it is, it's that. true. You're pitching in front of Cashman, you're pitching in front of Boone, you're pitching in front of CC, who's now the advisor. Like, all eyes are on you. I mean, for, for him specifically, he that was very much an audition. If 100%. Like, and that is very different from, let's say, Garrett Cole, which was phenomenal to watch. And Garrett Cole has his spot already. And like, if he gave up a home run, which he did to Miggy. That doesn't really matter. It's like, ah, oh, whatever. But in his case, that start mattered just as much, if not more, than a regular season start that he gets down the road. Because this is, this. if he did poorly, let's flip the coin. If he did poorly, then we absolutely write him off as being in the conversation to be a starter this year. Uh, yeah, maybe. I Absolutely. No, if he, I don't if know. He one, got one air squad game, I don't know. That's an overreaction, if anything. No, I think you think you think that because he had if if he had one bad game, you would just be like, nah. Yes, because he's started. because he's already he's starting off this season as not being thought of to be in the rotation this like right away. So him like he's right on the cusp. So another dominant performance like he had keeps him in the conversation, and all it takes I feel like is one or two bad starts to just okay like he's not ready yet. He's because he, that's why. It's it would be more of an overreaction if like Tanaka had a bad start. Like okay, take him out. It's that he's so unproven. He's on the cusp of about to be like breaking through and getting that chance that anything otherwise would just send him. Yeah, back. I also think that with with this season when they're pretty much playing every single day, I, I genuinely think he's going to get a couple shots to go out there, start and prove himself, prove himself even more so. And with um, Tanaka being a little iffy, hopefully he's okay, but let's just say he's not okay. Clark Schmidt, step on up. I mean, that opens the door for Clark Schmidt for sure. And it's just crazy because you look at it, like, in the offseason, I barely knew who Clark Schmidt was until he started pitching. I, I, honestly, until that 
first start where he threw that slider. Yeah. And it was all Devi. It was Devi, 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 and then Clark Schmidt just comes out of nowhere, and then who's Devi? Uh-huh. Devi, who, like, I don't, we don't even know if Devi's good. We know that they think he's good because they won't trade him, and that he was, like, oh, borderline well, he's un- untradeable. He's pitching tonight. Is he pitching tonight? Him and Montgomery. All right. Well, I mean, we'll see if he's the real deal. But, I mean, Clark Schmidt has time and time again proven that he's the real deal. And it's and what makes it more impressive is, like I said, it's against the well, number one also, lineup in baseball. Granted, also, nobody's in midseason form, but... Yeah, but he's also gone out there and just done his job every time. He shoves. Like, you're not, you're not asking for a guy to go out there and throw shutout perfect games all the time, but every time he goes out on the mound... Whether it was spring training, inner squad game, whatever it may be, he went out and he did a job. Like he, I think uh, we'll, we'll talk about Miggy doing that as well. But like he goes out there and he does exactly what um, people are looking for him to do and perform. Like he has just been yeah, a that's why I'm solid, saying solid guy. This is just further proving, oh. if not slating his case. I mean. Tanaka being iffy, why not? Why would we rush Tanaka back if he's just got hit by 111 mile per hour fastball? Throw, I don't know. Throw Clark out Maybe there, so have Clark out there to start. It'd be I'm I'm more confident. Don't don't. I'm risk. more confident in Clark than Gumby, and I do. I'm I'm okay with Gumby. I, I'm not like crazy about him, but he's he's definitely a good fifth starter. But like, he's I'll take pitched in a long time. Either. I'll take Clark Schmidt over Gumby for sure. He hasn't pitched in a long ass. Clark time Schmidt or Gumby, either. gun to your head. Who you got right now? Clark yeah. Schmidt. Okay, because I just don't think he's pitched enough live games. So then, what right are we talking now. about? Then he's he's in the rotation. We just we just did it. We decided he's in the rotation. Yeah. If he's above Gumby and Gumby's guaranteed to be in the rotation, and Tanaka might not start the season in the rotation. I don't rotation. think he's he's the projected. I don't think he's guaranteed. But again, there's so. Like, I think we just guaranteed it. Yeah, I think so too. But in our minds, he absolutely should be because of those situations. He just so hasn't had a bad outing. Like Paxton's any back. bad. Yeah, Paxton's back. Garrett Cole's back. Tanaka might be off for the start of opening day. And save Tanaka for the playoffs. Pro- Let him heal. Like I, it's okay. Like we have like you, you don't have time. You can't just play around this stuff, but don't rush a, a injury like See, that. See, I don't I don't really I don't know. Concussion Concussion is what I'm saying. Concussion don't rush is different that. though. It's not about rushing. Rushing is with I feel like physical injuries like that. Like if you're well, if he ends both. up if he ends up being okay, then like by all means let him play. It's not like oh we're rushing back a judge injury where he he like physically running will take a toll you're on right, injury right, and right. delay it like if right. a head injury if you're fine you're fine mm-hmm. so honestly if he if he's okay he's okay but in terms of the rotation this year we have Garrett Cole we got James Paxton Tanaka we'll leave off for now we have Gumby Clark Schmidt Loizaga of all those people that's six and then we're just gonna go out on a limb and say Tanaka won't be there to start but. Expect him for the season. He mm-hmm. he's smiling. He's all happy. Whatever. I think I'd go. Everybody but Loazaga in the starting rotation. Although Loazaga looks good, and maybe put Loazaga in the in the pen for a little bit, just because you got the expanded roster. To we start have the expanded off. rosters. Why not? He'd be like a Chad Green type, because and that's what he's been doing. He's a little two innings, three innings after the opener. I don't know if we're still going to do the opener type thing, but I would with Tanaka being. A question mark, I would absolutely put Clark Schmidt as the three. He's just proven time and time again. And I don't think that's an overreaction. Now that we talked about it through, like... A little bit, but I agree. I, agree. I don't think it is. I think at the, you, th- at the three, yeah. A little bit. Over Montgomery. Why? Why is that an overreaction? Well, I'm just Montgomery saying... Is unpro- and that's what he's right, competing if you're against. Saying, if you're saying everyone's... You're, yeah, okay. I get it. I get it. I mean, that's who he's competing against. So that's... like yeah. It's not like he's competing against... Scherzer and Corbin, like if you, he, he maybe he wouldn't make that roster, but he, with this one in the current situation we're in, I would definitely put him in the roster opening day for sure. And he just got the attitude, he's got the killer mentality. He's got Garrett Cole being his mentor, which you love to see. Another person we didn't really talk about is Mike King. Mike King also looked great. And Mike King, yeah. honestly, they were talking about the one being more MLB ready because he's had a lot more reps. I don't know. I mean, I, I personally would prefer to be honest, Schmidt, but you can't go wrong with either one yeah. of them. And Schmidt's just been more memorable in my eyes. He's been he's had a lot more impact moments. Yeah. So I mean, the way I see it is Montgomery is definitely in the rotation. They've they've made that clear. So there's one spot open for Schmidt or King, and I personally will give it to Schmidt. Hundred percent. So glad that's figured out. Another reaction 
overreaction, regular reaction, whatever we'll decide is obviously the man, the myth, the legend, Miguel Andujar goes out and he hits a home run off of the golden boy himself, Garrett Cole, very first at bat for Miggy. He was swinging away. I fucking loved it. Yeah, and I actually I saw some comments by Maggie Gray from WFAN about Miggy, and I loved what she had to say, so I'll play that. Has answered the bell. Like, think back to b- before 2018. Yankees are in spring training. Looks like Miguel Andujar is going to be winning that job, or looks like, you know, he was going to be a thing and, and definitely going to be a, a big factor for the Yankees in that in that 2018 season. And what do the Yankees do, right? They go out, they trade for Brandon Drury. Basically, they, they gave themselves a safety net about Miguel Andujar. And maybe it's because the defense wasn't great, but the bat was there, right? And But they they they... They, they presented Andujar with competition. And what did he do? He rose to the occasion. He won that competition. He was their starting third baseman all season long. And it took basically a guy in Shohei Otani to do something that no one has done since Babe Ruth to take that American League Rookie of the Year award away from Miguel Andujar, which Andujar should have absolutely won. I will, I will always think that what he did that season in 2018 was phenomenal. Okay, then he gets hurt, right? So last year is, a, is just a total wash. Then what happens this year, right? The guy's coming back without a position. He's a positionless man on this on this very stacked, very deep Yankees team. So what does he do? Doesn't complain about it, right? Doesn't say third base was mine. I should be entitled to it. No, guy's taking reps out of left field. Guy's going to be working maybe in the corner outfield positions. Maybe he's going to have to move to first base at some point. Not complaining, not being a pain in the neck, not doing anything like that. And on top of it, homers off a of golden boy last night. Like, I love Miguel Andujar. I agree with literally everything she said. And that's what I've been saying about Andujar. Perfectly said. I've been saying that about Andujar forever. And, I, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up, too, as being an overreaction, reaction, whatever, I don't think it's an overreaction again because a lot, it may be an overreaction in other people's minds because everybody seems to be writing off Miggy and just forgetting about what he did in his rookie year, which I will say it again, like I've always said. Miguel Andujar was the rookie of the year. Like she said, like I've been saying, I don't care about what Shohei Otani did. The stats of him as a hitter were way better than Shohei. Yeah, he pitched, but barely, not even that well. Whatever. I'm sure if you threw Miggy out there, I don't know, he'd he'd figure something out with a double pump, clutch, whatever he's going to do. But Miguel Andujar had a better year in his rookie year, 2018, than Glaber did in his also rookie year. They were doing it together. Both had great years. Miggy was the better one. For sure. Right or wrong? 100%. Okay. So he had a better year. Then you see Glaber in year two, and Glaber goes out and hits 38 home runs. He ends up being the heart and soul of the Yankees, and arguably the team MVP last year. Fire in the playoffs, year two, big stride forward. Mm-hmm. Miguel Andujar does not play last year. Miguel Andujar tried to come back, didn't, whatever. Like she said, years of wash. And everyone was like, trade him away, trade him away, trade him away. And which was blasphemy to me because ridiculous. How do you just forget? Like people are so, so like we've been we've been saying that we both of us have been saying this for consistently forever. It blows my mind because I see it all over Twitter all the time. Just the slander of Miguel Andujar. It's just like everyone. Yeah, we know he's not good at third base, but we play in the American League. He's not he's even that bad. He just only, he made a couple errors. No, like, he's definitely not good in the field. But again, I know, but he's Glaber's not, like, not great in the field either, but we just forget about that because he makes the flashy plays. And I'm not trying to shit on Glaber, but he doesn't make good plays because he's young. And fielding is something you can teach easily, way better than hitting. Hitting you can't teach, and he's got that clearly. He had a home run off Golden Boy. As much as you want to, like... Think that's an overreaction or reaction? It's not again, and it's similar to what Schmidt did because it's it's just picking up where he left off, just like Schmidt did. And Miggy has never shown that like that he's ever been bad with the bat in his hands. Everybody agrees. If you ask anybody, they'd say Miggy is a great hitter, one of the best hitters on the Yankees. Again, he was the MVP of 2018 for the Yankees for sure. Mm-hmm. He batted 300. He had nearly 100 RBIs. I mean, everyone forgets how many every other hit was a fucking double down the line. Miggy two bags. I know. Kid was slinging it. It's just yeah, it's frustrating. How everyone just forgets how amazing and 
impactful impactful he was to the team in 2018. I mean, those, and he just, I feel and like he just, a lot of those are the fair weather fans, though. That but he, just, and he unfortunately gets injured, doesn't get a chance to show up in, in 2019, and then just, I mean, lucky for us, unlucky for him in some sort, Urshela just comes out and plays out of his fucking mind. But again, like like she said, like she said, it's awesome to see how he's playing everywhere, and it's awesome to see how the Yankees are trying to fit him in somewhere. And that's why I that's what I like to see, and I don't like to see like the Yankees being like, okay, yeah, like you're just gonna play on the bench, that's it, you'll be a DH now and then. They're not settling; they're trying to push for him to get into spot. And listen, man, I, like I said, he answers the bill every time, answers the call, whatever you want to say. I don't know the saying. He's there. He's hitting the ball. He's hitting the cover off the ball every he's time. He's showing up. He's trying to. He's another situation. Like I don't think this is an overreaction again, because this is very much like the two people we've mentioned are people that are showcasing. Like they're very. This is very much a tryout, and he doesn't have a roster spot. If the season were to start tonight, he wouldn't be on the starting, like the starting nine. It's just that's just how it's breaking out, and. Also, you, I mean, you see it because they literally have put the starting lineup out. Like, that's the Yankees versus the Bombers. The starting lineup is the Yankees, and then the Bombers, everybody who didn't make the starting lineup, which is kind of a stain, too, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Like, it's just like, hey, you guys are definitely not on the starting. Like, they're being very cl- open about it. Like, this is a starting rotation. But prove, with the prove me otherwise, with limited amount of time they have to get reps out there, they, just, they need to do that. Like, there's no there's no AB, like, let's mash them together type thing. You need I don't to be think out. they need to do that. They, they're yeah, get, they do. They're getting the same amount of reps. They don't need to get them together. Yeah, you do. I don't think so. I think they could have easily sw- like oh. make, made it. It's just, it's easier. Mix, it's an easier transition squad. if you know the lineup that you're going to be hitting I mean, they in. do. Like, think about how it is with the split squad. They split the squad up. They do. They mix it in, in and out. Like, it's... Yeah, and then towards the end of the spring season, it gets to be the ideal lineup more and more and more towards the end of spring training. It's the same thing. I don't know. I I think th- I don't think they need to, but that's not really a big deal. Either way, Miguel Andujar is clearly left off the roster, and he's coming out, guns blazing. And here's my prediction, bold or not, however you want to think about it. I think by the end of this short 60-game season, by the start of the playoffs, if we get there, I think Miguel Andujar takes Gio's job. bold I don't know I don't think it's it, it's definitely bold because Gio they love Gio but but how, you get, takes, how are you gonna take a prestige third baseman dude if he hits 275 and he's and he's a fucking vacuum over there in the corner they can't you can't take him out well my prediction is obviously contingent upon him he, not being he has exactly to, what he was last year so if if here's the thing I mean, it's, again, it's a prediction, so like, I'm just assuming that situation ends up being the one that happens. So I think if Gio slacks at all this year, he hit, obviously, above 300 last year, almost won a batting title, didn't have enough at-bats. I mean, that could have been a breakout, and I, I want it to be a breakout. He's been a journeyman before. never hit over 220 before that, I think. I, I could be wrong, but yeah. it's close to that. But Yeah. He's always been a good defender, which I think that will – Obviously, be the consistent thing that but again, won't go anywhere. But if he if ends up being bad at third in any way, in uh, like if Miggy elevates his game to where Gio is defensively or even close to it, that bat's better than Gio's, no doubt about it. Yep. So again, I would, yeah, I would take a little bit lackluster defense for that bat in the lineup every single day because then we we do need a lot of people say like, okay, he can play DH. Yes, he can play. He can do BRDH. He could, I guess, play first, but he hasn't looked good at first. And I think tonight he's getting the start in left, which is Thursday when we're recording this for Friday. But, I mean, I don't want him in left. I don't want him at first. We just have so many better outfielders. But, no, the thing I'm saying is we need that DH spot for other people, too. So, we, as much as we want and do hard to be the DH, and he – Obviously, be, is the first thought for being DH because of fielding purposes. He doesn't have a position, but mm-hmm. other people need the DH spot for health reasons. So Giancarlo and Judge and all these other players like Void, and if he wants a day, I think off, he could like, go out there and play some outfield. I, it, 
I think that Boone's trying to do it for sure. Like he wouldn't be putting him out there right now in these inner squad games. They didn't believe that he would perform well, and he and he's done all right. I mean, he's he he has the the baseball IQ to be able to do it. I don't know if he'll be able to do it. In I don't a, think so. I don't know. I don't think he looks. He, he didn't. I'm not, I'm not saying. He, I'm not saying he looks great. I'm just saying I think it could be done. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying he's gonna go out there and be be, be diving all over the place, making these amazing plays, but. It could be done. I mean, like, think about fucking J.D. Martinez plays right field sometimes. He's horrible. He's horrible, and he gets the job done. No, he doesn't. He's, like, the worst defender. But I'm saying he <laughs> he's good enough where he could, they can throw him out there. He's not. He's, like, the one of the worst defenders. How's he play? He's played that field, right? I'm pretty sure he's almost a full-time DH now. I, you're, not, you're not understanding my point, the One though. time he was out there, he fell into the stands and grabbed, oh my a, God. grabbed I, a woman's that's boob. That's not my fucking point. I'm saying... A woman's boob. Oh, my God. Can you listen? I'm listening. I'm saying the the like he can be good enough where you just throw him out there. Like I'm saying, JD Martinez is not a good fielder, but he obviously is good enough, and his hitting is is the reason why he's in the lineup. See, here's my thing though, and that's why you throw him out into right field. I'm not saying he's good. Not saying he's a good fielder. I'm not saying anything it. about. No, no, no. I'm just saying that he's good enough where they can throw him out there. I get it, and I have a counterpoint to that. So if he's good enough to throw out there at left field. As a position, that's one one of the positions out of nine, right? Right. Don't, why are, don't undermine me. Why are you weighing left field less than third base? Because if he's good enough to throw out in left field, why isn't he good enough to throw at third base? Because the outfield's a little more interchangeable. You have an amazing no, third not. baseman. I mean, we have just as good fielding left. Perfect example: Talkman is a good fielding. Outfielder. I don't want. I'm not talking about talking right no, now. No, but it's a, it's a different scenario. He's dealing. I mean, you're competing talk, with talk either the outfielders or the infielders. Yeah, and, and his Urshela, primary position where he's actually he's better at third base than he is. in I'm the I'm aware outfield. of that, but Urshela is such a better fielder than Talkman. That's not true. At their own at their respective positions. Okay, I think Talkman's actually a better def- defensive player. Okay, Urshela's a much better overall player than Talkman. I think okay, you. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. Great. Put now. I'm just saying. If you look at third base, because what you're saying is that he's I'm good enough to throw in the outfield. Like why is like because his bat makes up for it. Yes, but you're you're allowing him to go in the outfield because he's and he's a subpar outfielder at sure. that position versus who would be out there. So it'd be a Gardner, it could be a Stanton, it could be a Judge out there in that position. That's who he's taking a position from. Yep. All of those three players, Hicks included, all those four players, I'd rather have in the outfield than. Miggy, obviously, defensively and offensively. If we're so saying, why is he taking? Uh, I think I my point is that I'm trying to get to that I couldn't get to so was that I think outfield is more loaded, that it's it's more irreplaceable. Like he doesn't fit in the outfield for the reason that he doesn't play the position first of all, but also that you're taking out a bat from the lineup that is more irreplaceable than Geo's bat at third base. So that's why I'm thinking like if you can just throw him out there, why not just throw him at his regular position that he's better at, that he's more comfortable at, then you're also taking out a less effective player overall than a Hicks, Judge, Stanton. Because, That's why. Because I'm saying, all right, I'm saying that if Gio comes out and has the same season that he had last year, and that's contingent on that, you are not taking out a amazing third baseman who hits above 300. You're just not doing that. That's, that's a cornerstone of your lineup right there. Okay? That person is not moving. You saw how much the outfield was changing last year. You can throw Stan at DH, and honestly, if Andujar continues to hit the way he's hitting, I'd prefer him in left field than Gardner. If we're talking about best lineup we can produce, throw Andujar out there. I am confident he can make the routine fly balls. I'm Don't not talking about Gardy like that. I'm not. He's gonna. Oh my god. Don't talk about Gardy like that. You're impossible to have a conversation with. Don't talk about Gardy like that. I'm saying you're just capping at Gardy. So you don't think Andujar is a much better hitter than than Gardner? Absolutely is. Okay, so what part of my point was not true? So I didn't, you, I didn't, I didn't say anything was untrue. I just said don't talk about Gardy like that. Well, I am right now because that's the truth. My boy. That's the truth right now. I think that Andujar is a better hitter than Brett Gardner. And if I'm talking about him in the lineup over Brett Gardner in the field, he's playing left field. Throw Stan at DH. If he makes a lot of errors, obviously change your strategy up. But for right now, that's what I would do. Okay, the main point, I get what you're saying. But the main, obviously, if, if we're going one through nine, a ideal lineup, I think we're going Stanton, 
Hicks Judge out in the outfield, and if that's the case, he doesn't. Yeah, belong I'd in the love outfield. to do that. Obviously, we're doing, we're dealing, we're mixing and matching. We had like three hundred something, whatever different lineups last year. I think it was one hundred fifty five or something. I don't know. Sure, but I'd love to have that. I'm yeah. just saying, if my main argument behind this was that everybody is writing off the third base battle, I'm bringing it back. Clearly. So where are you putting Giro Oshello? I'm just saying. I said my prediction. Bold or not, I said by the end of 60 games, he will, like, by the start of the playoffs, I think Miguel Andujar will be the starting third baseman. I just I just don't agree. It's a bold prediction, but I'm just saying that obviously unless, is, unless, is dependent on Gio not being the guy he is, and, I, and I'm not fully sold on that. Honestly, That's why I'm the saying that he can definitely, I'm more sold on Miggy being a superstar hitter that we can teach to field versus Gio being a stud all around that he was last year. I don't think he can keep that up. I'm expecting regression. Okay. Last thing I'll say about this because I know we're going to move on. I think this is more contingent on if Luke Voigt and Mike Ford suck at first base and you can throw one of them over there. More specifically, Urshela at first base if he could because I know Enduard's had some trouble. But that's the last thing I'll say because if that happens, that opens up a whole other position that I think could be a little more relatable to those two. Agreed. We'll, we'll agree to disagree on some things, but I agree with that. Either way, so in terms of other positions, obviously this would be a whole fucking easy scenario if Gio or Miggy could play second because currently our second baseman has Corona. He'll be fine, though, by the start of the season. And w- once he finds a cure. I mean, now that it affects DJ, he'll he'll like start actively looking for a cure, and that's probably what the world needs. Yeah, but it's July 9th. Th- you know, he'll be fine by the start of the season. I know, I'm just saying that like, that's, I think that's what the world needed. I think they needed DJ to care enough to try and find it, and he'll find it for everybody. But until that happens, we need a second baseman. And honestly, I, j- I just got an update before we started recording that uh, Tyler Wade is looking like the leading candidate to be the second baseman. This is a big Tyler Wade podcast. I don't think that's true. I'm it's a, tough. I like Tyler Wade, and I, I want him to be good, and I like Murph wants Tyler Wade to be that guy. I don't think he's quite that guy yet, and I think let's, I think let's try and figure out a scenario where like, who do you think will be playing second base opening day? Obviously, DJ is probably not going to be there. Go. Tyler Wade. You really think so? I, I really do. I, I don't think you can just throw or shallow or and do hard at second base and expect them to do well. I mean, we're doing it's completely <laughs> different. We'll come for a full circle here. We're doing it with Mickey and left but and first. You, but you, it's so much different than se- at second base. I know it's very different. You have to be a complete different player. And... You have to, like, Tyler Wade fits that athleticism that you need at second base. Yeah, but here's the thing. If we're, we're talking, a, a lot of the argument with these moving players around is where do we sacrifice fielding when we get, like, do you sacrifice fielding here for better hitting in this spot? Do you sacrifice but also hitting like, for better fielding in this spot? So in this scenario, it's whatever you weigh more, I guess. Like, we're getting better fielding out of Wade at second and more comfortable guy at second versus uh, for absolutely useless hitting at the plate, which to me, I'd prefer to have a little bit worse fielding and a better bat because, I mean, honestly, I've played... You didn't really just say that, did you? What? This contradicts exactly what you were saying before. What? <laughs> About a little worse fielding and a better bat. No, I would. I, that doesn't contradict what I said. Uh, no, never mind. But... Um, I'm just saying, I think that him... I would prefer to have... Miggy at second or Geo at second. And if Geo's such a good fielder, I mean, I personally, back in my heyday, I played third and second. And yeah. I know, obviously, not, that's... Not, not an MLB level, Okay, though. I know it's not an MLB level, but I've, I know how you play the positions, and it's really, I, it's, like, different in the MLB level, but, like, if you play third, you can figure out second more than you can figure out... More than you can figure out left. Easier said than done, I think. I think it's way harder to learn to... I think the the... Transition from third to second is easier than the, from third to left field, right or wrong. I think it just it depends on the player. It, here's the thing, though. I, I'm saying my, moving, I'm saying moving Geo to second. I'm aware because well, he's a good fielder. I'm aware. I'm, I, I I listen. I'm agreeing with the reasoning why, and I agree with if that is possible. I'm a hundred percent supporting that. 
However, what I'm basing my decision off of is what we've been seeing the past three years. I have never seen Gio take a rep at second. Tyler Wade has been in the starting lineup multiple times at second base and other places. They like Tyler Wade as a player. He's a big utility guy. And if we're talking about filling in for a couple of days, I don't think it's worth having the starting third baseman who is has his job locked up to take reps at a different position to learn that position more if you already have a second baseman who's ready to play. Because it'd be like if fucking, you know, first base was open and, you know, Gary Sanchez is going to go play first base, even though he has a, the center, he has a catcher position locked up. Like, you're not just going to move someone away just because it's open. And if he's the starting, he's already starting there, then why well, are you, you going to mess that up? You do, because it would fix the scenario of third base and our outfield, which is loaded, can be just the way it was supposed to be. But again, you're not going to put... You're fixing all problems if you do move somebody out of their primary position because here's the thing, they're both... like Miggy is being moved to his non-primary position in every single other scenario other than this one. And I think the worst offender... I mean, you see it and it will be the show. If you put somebody in a secondary position, which is, I know you're going to roll your eyes, but this is, it's, it's, it's all also applicable to real life. And I, I'm just saying it because it, it's how it's, you're not, it's but, in it will be the show. But you're but not gonna when you move a person who is a worse fielder to their secondary position, their fielding gets worse. And that's also follows suit in real life. Also, if you have a guy who's a better fielder, I'd rather put him at a different position so that his worse. Like he gets a little worse, but he's still a good fielder versus the guy who is already a bad defender and you put him in a different position so he's even worse. Like, that is just absurd. Yeah, but again, it's it's his... That's his spot. You're not going to throw Mike Trout at second base because it's open and you throw a mediocre center fielder in there. No, Mike Trout is going to own the outfield. It's it's a different. I think we're. T- I mean, Geo is not Mike Trout. I know you're not. I'm not comparing it. Mike Trout to obviously fucking no. Gio I'm just saying, obviously, I'm, but I'm saying Geo doesn't have it locked up like Mike Trout does. Like obviously, Mike Trout and other players of his caliber. I, I'm basing this off of have their positions locked up. Geo doesn't. That's why I'm. Yes, he will, does. That's why I'm willing to move it. Cashman, literally, Cashman and Boone said it's his spot to lose. To lose. You don't say that about a person like Aaron. That means Judge, that means it's his like spot. That. No, they don't. Be, they don't say that about people who have their starting positions absolutely locked in. Like Glaber has his position locked up. Like I Judge get what you're saying, but up. I think it's his, his job to lose, meaning it can be lost. I true, and I think it can be lost. <laughs> I get. That, I think it's going I, to be lost. I don't know if it's going to be, but I get. I get that. That's my prediction. Okay, we'll see. Market, so. Another thing we did see was, or th- another thing that we predicted. Well, this is a big prediction pod right now. So we predicted the standings for this year. And I'm not going to nitpick games here because obviously we don't fucking know what's going on. We don't know what's going to end up being. But my basis for the predictions in the AL East this year, I did. Yankees at 37-23. Rays, 35-25. Red Sox, 30-30. and Blue Jays 29 and 31, and Orioles 19 and 41. So my basis for doing that, and I'll go back to where the players, where the teams were through 60 games last year. Give me a second to pull it up. I think it's pretty accurate, though, the standings. Again, we're going to, it's completely different, so it's hard to base all these numbers off of the previous season's games through 60 games. Oh, well, yeah, I didn't base it only off that. I used, I looked at that. I looked at the Zips projections and yeah. also took into my own considerations about the strength of schedule this year as compared to last year. And that's the main point. That ch- that changes everything. For and sure. last year, the records finished at, through 60 games, 38-22 and 22 were the Yankees. Tampa Bay Rays were 37-23, and 23, one game behind. Then the Red Sox were 31-29, and 29, one game above what I had them at this year. And the Blue Jays were 22-38. and 38. I think they'll be much improved this year. They're obviously a young team. They're getting older this year. And a lot of the players are probably going to show out. And they added Ryu, added a few other people. Not a bad team. I think they'll compete. Mm-hmm. They kicked our ass last year more than anybody else in our division. We swamped our whole division except for them. And the Orioles were 19-41 last year. Exactly what I had them at this year. I think that's the only one that I would change and make them a little lower because... 
I think everybody is lower. First of all, the Yankees were 38 and 22 last year. And granted, we were injured at some points. And definitely during that time, we were injured. But I don't think it goes up. A lot of people reacted to us and said, like, oh, well over 40, maybe 45 wins. Like, so hard. That is so ridiculously hard. Nobody did that last year, first of all. I think the highest was like 42, and it was the Dodgers at 41. And you're playing against the Yankees. Or, or the Yankees, but we're playing against the Rays, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, all good teams. I get it. You have the Orioles and you have the Marlins. Both two teams stink, but it's baseball. You still can lose games to them. We didn't sweep the Orioles You're last year. You're also playing every single day. It's wear and tear. You're, you're playing bound every to single lose. day, but you're also playing one of the, aside from your division, which is a tough division, you're playing against another one of the toughest divisions in baseball. Yeah. If not the, like, one of the literally the toughest in, in baseball. It's I would argue playing, I would argue the Braves, probably the Nationals, the Phillies, and the Mets. All tough teams. As much as we like shit on the Mets, through and through, I think it's probably the second hardest division. If we're going to talk about through and through, yeah, uh, us and them are probably two of the strongest through and through divisions. Obviously, it's ours is a little more top heavy t- towards the top, but I mean the Red Sox and the Blue Jays can be around five hundred. Yeah, Bra- Braves, Nationals, Phillies, Mets, a toss up. So. That's my reaction to everybody else's reaction to our standings because a lot of people are failing to consider the difference in schedule for yeah. this year because we're going to be – it's not going to be easy. And I honestly, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we are a very good baseball team, but there is ch- a chance we don't make the playoffs because if you don't win your division, you're kind of fucked because everybody else, it's at large to get into the wild card. And when you're only going 60 games, the amount of people that are in consideration, in contention for the at-large bid for the wild card are a lot more. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people are going to be, and I saw this too, that like if the season were to end last year, there'd be like three or four play-in games to the wild card because everybody was tied after 60 games or like a half-game difference. Like it is very difficult to pull away in a 60-game season, especially against... Stiff competition through and through, and that's why I think people got to dial it back in terms of like their irrational. I just think we're gonna that, win every game because yeah. we got Garrett Cole. Like I just still baseball. We're gonna we're gonna see a lot more teams um, get closer to that five hundred level. I think regardless of how good the team is, wear and tear. You're playing every single game. We've never done anything like this before. People are gonna get injured. You know, coronavirus, yada yada yada. You're just gonna see a lot more teams lose more and just. Get closer to five hundred. You're not. I don't think we're gonna see a lot of teams break away and win 40. 40 games is a lot of fucking games in this type of season. Yeah, I think the only person who has a shot, only team that has a shot to win forty games, is probably the Dodgers. One hundred percent. They have a fucking weak, and that doesn't say that says nothing about their team itself. Okay, it does say something about them being really good, but it's nothing in comparison to us. Like I'm not saying the Dodgers are this much better than us because. Their strength of schedule is playing against the Padres, Rockies, Diamondbacks, Giants, Angels, Athletics, Rangers, Mariners, and the Astros. Like, that is not a lot of tough competition outside of the Astros and maybe the Angels, Athletics. And like, but not, but again, it's not like, in comparison to the Nationals, Phillies, Rays, Red Sox, Mets, Blue Jays. Like, that, that's just not even close. Yeah. I think, and they're such a good team. They're comparable. They're the number one seed going in. They're, they're the number one in the projected, uh, the power rankings. Yeah. So, which I guess makes sense but given their schedule, but yeah. I'm just saying people need to be a little more realistic about Yeah, it's not it's not all about the year. team. It's a lot more about the schedule, especially for this season. If we end up making the playoffs, which again isn't a guarantee because it's baseball, we will do damage because then you got to beat us in a series. Do damage. Do damage. Do damage. Savages in the box, but I'm just saying Give it some thought about what actually could happen. I know we're going to be wrong, too, with what we predicted, but it's going to be probably pretty close to that, I'd say. That's why I call it baseball season. That's why they call it baseball season. So let's end this episode off with our top five things you didn't think you would miss about the baseball season. Well, about being at the baseball, at Yankee Stadium. At Yankee Stadium. Um, I know you have good ones. I won't take that from you, but... um, my big one is going to be the chicken bucket at uh, Yankee Stadium. See, For, the chicken bucket to me, though, you... It's not about the food. It's not about the food. 
It's about when we're in the bleachers and you're bringing a chicken bucket down. Chicken bucket chant. And everyone goes, chicken bucket! Chicken bucket! Yeah. yeah. They do the chant. That I mean, is so much fun. But that is something I think I would have, I, I would think that I would miss though. Not, I'm talking not, I'm talking things like a couple of mine that I thought of. Well, were, well before you count, discount this, like things I miss are like, you know, roll call, crack of the bat, New York, New York. Those are obvious scenes. Chicken bucket. I mean, come on now. I think that that's not nothing so, like a chicken, t- like nothing like a chicken tender every, and a beer at a baseball game. But I that's think that's not something everybody misses. That's something that's a little more nostalgic for for my. I don't think for myself. I don't think everybody I get, misses. Yeah, the, but the I was thinking bucket. more along the lines of things that are I'm marketing are, that. that are annoying when you're there, but now you wish you had that, like a sweaty subway ride getting oh, to the stadium. Nothing like, like it. Hate that when you're in it, but. God, would I love to be on a sweaty subway ride on the way to the stadium right now in a regular season game going yeah. down. I'd love to pay $15 for a beer right now if I could drink Overpriced any, beer would be dr- another good one. If I could drink in an Yankee Stadium, that'd be awesome. Overpriced beer would be another great one. I would pay so much money to just be at Billy's. That's it's just. I, I would pay. I would pay. Which is a problem usually. So yeah. that's why this is perfect for the list. I don't know where I'd put that on the list. We'll rank it after and post it. But yeah. not going not gonna to say it's something that is I hate, but. I'd pay four dollars for a dollar water right now outside of Yankee Stadium. The dollar water guy. Yeah, I'd pay four dollars for that water right now, just to talk to him. Just to talk to him. And how just, you been? Yeah, one dollar, one dollar. How about no? Here's four. Usually a very annoying thing. You just yeah. like one dollar, one dollar, one dollar, one dollar. You no. can bring it inside. <laughs> you can bring it inside the stadium. Cheaper out, cheaper out, cheaper here than inside the stadium. <laughs> Got to keep it closed. Can't bring it inside, folks. Oh, keep it cold. Keep it cold. That is definitely making the list. What do we got? One more? Um, if I had one more. This one's a little harder to describe. I don't want to count on the list because it's a little difficult to explain. But when you walk into the stadium and take your picture immediately and then they ask you to buy the picture right there, that's like what my God, f- what I would give. Fa- that's my, I hate that. Like, no, I peeve. come here all the time. Don't act like I'm a tourist. Take my picture. I only get it done a couple times. But what I would give to... <laughs> Have that guy bombard me for oh, a I'd picture. Oh, I'd smile so bad. I'd, oh, man. I would buy a jersey in the stadium right now. For I two, did that for my mom once, and I spent over $150. Uh, All right. I think that just about wraps up this episode. So we got baseball, Susan. We're going to be watching some baseball, and we are excited. Yeah, we got uh, – Montgomery and Garcia on the bump tonight. You'll be tomorrow, so you'll know how they did. Let us know how they did. Um, All right, goodbye. Yeah.